welcome to episode 303 of the Ask the Coach show where ping skills helps you improve your table tennis. I'm Jeff Plum and as always I'm joined by super coach Alois Rosario. Welcome Alois. Uh, thank you Jeffrey and uh, yes welcome to all our listeners. Yeah we've got another exciting show. Um, of course. Yeah of course of course. Of course. <laughs> now Alois I've got a really good joke to start the show off with. Oh, I could hardly wait, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Well, a husband brings, yes. brings the child home from kindergarten and asks his wife, he's been crying the whole way home. Is he sick or something? No, replies the wife. He was just trying to tell you he isn't our Frankie. Dad didn't know his own kid. He brought the wrong kid home, Alois. <laughs> oh, those dads yeah, should pay yeah, more attention. No, like you know, over over time, Jeff. Like you, you <laughs> your, your jokes have have really had a fairly constant sort of um, level. Yeah, it's good, isn't yeah. it? That's why we that, kept the segment that, because people yeah, really that, enjoy them. That, Today, I think you've just dived down a level. I didn't think it was possible, but I think you've actually gone down a level today. <laughs> oh, yes. If, if, if anyone is actually laughing at that, firstly, you need to just have a good hard look at yourself. <laughs> Secondly, can you just like can you just message Jeff for a bit of encouragement? Don't don't listen to Alois, okay? It's perfectly normal to laugh at good quality humour. So, yeah, don't feel embarrassed to laugh at, at, at good jokes. Uh, anyway, Alois, what yes, happened Jeff. on this week? Uh, this week, yes. Well, something interesting, actually. <laughs> so, um, we've got a few birthdays. Mm. Um, so, the, the the biggest and and uh, and most important one, I think, is a, a Zhang Jike, um, obviously a table tennis legend, three Olympic gold medals, um, seven World Championship gold medals, six World Cup gold medals, um, legend of our sport. His birthday coming up on the 16th of February. So make sure everyone, you give him a call. Um, <laughs> Wish him happy birthday. Wish him happy birthday. That's right. He'll, he will be waiting for your call on the 16th of February. Um, but also a few other interesting um, birthdays. So one is uh, Ruin Phyllis, uh, the German chopper. Uh, his birthday is tomorrow, the 14th of February. Uh, he's won two European teams championships in 2011 and 2017. Um, he might have, you know, had a bit of a hand with uh, with his teammates of uh, Bolonovcharov, but uh, but definitely a, a high-level player, you know, top 20s in the world. So, uh, and as a chopper, that's that's really impressive. So, happy birthday to Ruin Phyllis for tomorrow. Um, also tomorrow is Adam Bobro's birthday, the voice of table tennis. Um, the voice yes. of table tennis. Happy birthday, Adam. Yeah, and uh, you know Adam has added so much character to uh, to table tennis commentary over the years. So uh, and and really livened up um, commentary in the sport. So well done, Adam. I know he uh, polarizes a lot of people um, with his commentary, but um, yeah, I think I think great for the sport. So happy birthday to Adam for tomorrow. Yeah, well, what do and, they say, Alois? If you're not if you're not polarizing, then you're probably just boring. So, <laughs> well, it's certainly not boring, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so a happy birthday, Adam. And um, and the last on our list is Jimmy Butler. So, um, Jimmy Butler, a U.S. table tennis player, and he's got a really interesting story. So, just 
um, before Barcelona made a bit of a comeback at the age of you know 44, 45. Um, he was then um, and uh, trying to make a comeback. But I just uh, read a, a really interesting article about Jimmy Butler, who um, was a, a, a high-level uh, US player um, when he was young, but then was was stricken by a a really weird um, type of ailment where all his muscles tightened up um, and they were just like basically just rock hard. And so he, um, he, just, he couldn't, he couldn't move. He was just bedridden for, for, for hours and hours a day and, and um, developed a, a machine that would basically massage him um, to, uh, to help to start to loosen the muscles up. And I think uh, in that article, it said um, that he, would spend like 16 hours a day on this machine, just um, just there and um, you know getting a getting a a, a a robotic massage to just try to um, loosen up the muscles. And eventually, you know, he came good and um, and then um, made a made a bid to to make the Rio Olympics. So uh, so really interesting story from Jimmy Butler there. Yeah, certainly. Sounds very interesting, Alois. Um, we'll put a link up in the show notes to, to that story if anyone's interested and wants to have a read. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, an interesting read. So, yeah, happy birthday to uh, to Jimmy Butler for the 15th. So you've got a couple of days before you got to phone him. <laughs> yep, excellent. All right, it's going to be a busy time. Four people to phone this week, everybody. Uh, all right, Alois, it is time for the tournament wrap. What's been going yeah. on? Yeah, so we had the World uh, Junior Circuit Finals, and um, I suppose not too surprisingly, China dominated. Um, so in the Junior Boys singles, it was an all-China final. Um, it was an Iranian that made the semi-final, mm. um, but the winner was Yuan Li Sen from China, beating Zhu uh, Haidong in the Junior Boys. In the junior girls, um, again, a Chinese win, Zhang Binyu, but the finalist was from Thailand, uh, Jinnipur Soet Dabut. So, um, so for me, that's a, that's a great result for Thailand uh, to provide a finalist in the junior girls' singles. Um, in the uh, cadet boys' singles, a, again, an all-China final with Zhang Peng winning three-love against Zhong Meng Yang. Um, and there, um, another Iranian making the semi-final, uh, Radin Kayam, um, you know, beating uh, a Chinese player along the way, Li Hao Teng. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so great for Iran to get some great results there. Um, in the cadet girls, again, an all-China final and and an all-China semi-final. Um, in that, Li Yuqi from China beating. Kwai Man from China, um, 3-0. And then the Hopes uh, boys single. So here, obviously, the um, uh, China don't send um, players in the Hopes division. Um, and, and again, Iran providing um, the winner there uh, with Mohammed uh, Samadi beating uh, a guy from Yemen, uh, Ibrahim Abdul Hakim Jubran. So, um, yeah, and the semi-finals there from Syria and Sweden in the in the uh, Hopes boys. In the Hopes girls, well, we've talked about them a lot, but India providing the winner. Uh, Suhana Saini uh, beating 
the Egyptian Hannah Goda. So, um, you know, stars of the future. Um, always interesting to take a look into the future there with uh, with these World Junior Circuit event uh, final events. Yeah, certainly is. Um, and uh, interesting to see China dominating, you know, with the world ranking system changing and especially in the men, a few of the Chinese dropping down. Um, people are starting to say, is this the end of the Chinese domination? But um, clearly a lot of good juniors coming through. And I guess, you know, this year we'll probably see China, the Chinese players rise back up those ranking lists. Yeah, they, they will. They'll, uh, they'll just tend the uh, required number of tournaments and, and uh, boost themselves back up that ranking list again. Yeah, because I see, you know, February, uh, Ma Long is still at number seven alloys. Fan Zendong is two. So, yeah, Ovtrov one, Fan Zendong two, Bowl uh, three. Um, and then uh, Lin Guan from China and Zhu Xin four and five. And uh, Koki Niwa in at six. So interesting, but um, yeah, Chen Meng and uh, Yuling, uh, Zhu Yuling, number one and two in the women still. Yep. Yeah. So they'll. Yep. Yeah, think yeah. they'll continue to dominate over over the next year or so. Yeah, certainly. And yeah, yeah. and it will be good to see you know them them playing a lot of tournaments. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right, alloys. It is time for the trill of the week. Yes, the tip and drill of the week. So the um, the tip of the week is to improve returning short balls. So um, it's a we, we talk about this a little bit, but short play is a is a part of the game that you really need to develop to to reach that next level. You know, we, we always look at the the highlights packages of um, of table tennis, and it includes. Um, the you know the big topspin to topspin rallies and the away from the table and and the fast hitting, but believe me, these better players have incredible touch and ability close uh, to the net and short play, and that's what leads them into being able to play that uh, that open game and and getting the first opportunity to to make a strong attack. So um, so for today or for this week. It's improving your returning of that short um, short ball. So if you start to come up against these better players that can keep the ball short, then how do you deal with it? Um, so as, as your drill then, um, what I want you to do is I, I want you to, again, just work on your progression of how you're going to improve this. So firstly, I want you to get your partner to just um, put the ball um, – serve the ball short to one side. So it might be to your forehand side. And I want you to start to think about how you're going to cope with that ball on um, a short to the forehand. So remember, we've got options. We've got the option of pushing with the forehand. We've got the option of flicking with the forehand. But we've also got the option of moving across and doing that banana flick from from that forehand corner, which, again, you'll know that the the better players implement that stroke a lot. So so there's your options short on that um, forehand ball. But then I want you to progress the, the drill. So then I want you to get them to serve the ball short to your backhand area. Again, think about your options. Short backhand push, backhand flick, maybe a banana flick from that corner as well or a side spin flick from there um, just to just to get the attack so so now we've uh, had a bit of practice at practicing it from both 
the forehand and the backhand corner. Now I want you to get them to mix it up completely as to where they're serving it to, but just keep it short. So short anywhere, and now you've got to um, uh, react, adjust, and then play those strokes that you were just practicing. So we, we now you know your options on the forehand and the backhand corner. Now it's moving and implementing those. And then the next progression is to introduce a long serve. So every now and then I want you to get your partner to serve the ball long to you. So you're not uh, automatically jumping in close to the table to make that um, short ball. So they're keeping you honest by by, by serving, um, serving the ball long anywhere every now and then. So by doing that, you're now starting to get this closer to a match situation. So now this is starting to look a little bit more like your return would in a match situation where the options are that your the server can serve anywhere, but you can still get them to focus a lot of the serves short. Um, and if there's a side that you want to practice in particular, you might get them to, to serve perhaps 60 or 70% short to that area, but then mix it up. Um, with short to the other area and long as well. So by doing that, we're now starting to um, transition our skill from just a simple skill of being able to deal with that short ball to being able, being able to deal with that short ball in a more um, match situation, more of a match situation. Yeah, that sounds really good, Alois. And I, I love how you got that progression there. So you can you know start just getting the skill under control and then, and then moving through the various stages. Um, one question about that, though, is is that something you should move through that progression just in one training session, or is this something that might take weeks or months, or or is it different for different people? Yeah, we, we trialled this recently at a camp, and um, and amazingly, we, we did it in seven minutes. Wow. Yeah, um, so not necessarily this skill, but... but in seven minutes, just see how much you can progress. So don't think about, um, oh, I need to do this for 10 minutes and then do that for 10 minutes and then do this for 10 minutes um, because you're probably wasting a lot of time. So just try, uh, as soon as you feel comfortable, for example, returning that short ball from the forehand, um, it might take a minute or two or three. It might take you 10 minutes, that's fine. But I want you to just think about um, the progression and progressing faster rather than slower um, through these drills. I like it, yeah. Yeah, that's good. You always keep keep challenging yourself, I guess. Yeah, you can always you can always move backwards. Um, so, you know, if you, if you find that, you know, you go to anywhere short and you're always missing that ball, um, you know, or you're always missing that ball short to the forehand, then just go back to doing a few where the server's just serving to the forehand. Um, practice that for a little bit and then go back to anywhere again all right awesome all right great tip and drill of the week so yeah people get out there and practice improving your return of the short ball such a crucial part of table tennis all right now it is on to the questions alloys how are you feeling are you sharp oh yeah yeah sharp sharp as <laughs> sharp as uh, attack <laughs> awesome all right, well, let's get straight into it with a question from Matthew, and he wants to know about the 52-week training plan. Alois, he says, Hello, Ping Skills. I've been training for about a month now, and I've learned the forehand counter hit, the backhand counter hit, the, uh, the backhand and forehand push, and the forehand topspin against block. And you can do around 100 of these usually, 
sounds pretty good. He's thinking about becoming a premium member and using the 52-week training plan. He wants to know, Alois, do you think he's ready to start? And how many times should he practice a week? And if he does become a premium member after the 52 weeks, should he repeat the plan or do something else? So, you know, quite a big, quite a number of questions in that uh, in that one question, <laughs> if that makes sure. sense. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so Matthew, I think, um, yeah, if you, if you are able to um, play a lot of counter hits and pushes um, and blocking, um, then yes, I think you're ready for the 52-week training plan. Um, how many times should you practice uh, during the week with the 52-week training plan? It's it's up to you. So, I mean, I think um, with a lot of these uh, plans, you know, if you do it tw- two or three times, that's fine because you, you're just um, going over the some of the, the drills and, and things and, and consolidating them. Um, and what happens after you finish the 52 weeks? So, I mean, it's it's a it's a bit of a progression or a yearly plan progression as well. So you can go through them again and also and just then work at that higher level. So, you know, for the first uh, few weeks, we work on consistency um, when you're starting out. That consistency might involve, you know, being able to hit um, some counter hits, you know, uh, 10 or 15 or 20 or, or 100 um, in your second year then you might be looking more at um, increasing the pace of that consistency of the count hit or increasing the, the 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 type of stroke. So it might be more of a topspin stroke rather than just a counter hit stroke or a, or a just getting the ball on the table. So, you know, you you can do that, those drills to whatever level that you're at. So, um, and the 52-week training plan builds up to the last eight weeks preparing for a tournament. So, again... At whatever level you're at, um, you can move forward um, through those 52 weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's good because, yeah, like you said, Alois, um, the same drill can be used by um, someone at a lower level and someone at a higher level and you just you just change, you know, the speed you're hitting it at or the amount of spin you, you're putting on the ball. So there's always something you can change to make the same drill uh, suitable for whatever level you're playing. And we try and point that out during the 52-week training plan. And the other thing we kind of do is, uh, during that training plan, we try and teach you to focus on developing plans for yourself. So you could even, during the second year, maybe take the original 52-week training plan as a basis, but then you know use some of those skills you've developed to, to maybe modify it to you know suit your what you're trying to develop even further. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's um, that's really good advice there, Jeff. Yeah, and um, about the, the, how many times I should practice. I mean, some people only have like limited amount of time alloy. So if you've only if you can only practice once a week, do you still think that's worthwhile? Oh, definitely. I mean, if you can do it once a week and progress through, um, that's fine. And even you know, if if you are practicing once a week, and at the end of um, uh, week one, you feel, oh, okay, I wouldn't mind doing that again. It's okay to do that in week two or, you know, um, or week two and week three and just uh, go over those things. Um, so the 52-week plan might actually last you, you know, 156 weeks if you do it three times each. Yeah, yeah. How's my there, Jeff? Did you, are you impressed? It's very, very impressive. Yeah, thanks. You said you were as sharp as a tack. 
<laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously, yeah, the more you practice uh, um, well, yeah, then the more benefit you're going to get. So if you can afford the time to practice more, then, then go for it. Exactly. Um, now, Alois, what about those people that are just starting out and haven't learned the strokes? Um, the 52-week yes. training plan, should they start that straight away? Good question, Jeff, and we're working on this as we speak. So we're just developing um, Table Tennis Training 101. So this is as a lead-up to your 52-week training plan. So Table Tennis 101 um, go, goes through how to get from um, an absolute beginner, so you've never played or trained before, you don't know the strokes, um, how, do, how do you get from that level to being able to uh, work through the 52-week training plan. Um, and it's about um, developing control, uh, learning the basic rules, learning how to serve correctly, uh, learning the four basic strokes, the forehand and the backhand counter hit, the forehand and the backhand push, and then uh, learning how to deal with variations of spin or deal, dealing with spin and variations of spin, um, and then you know working on how to do a top spin against the backspin um stroke so so that's something that we're working on as we speak um, and uh, we've just started releasing the first couple of um, sessions in that so you can go to uh, the website and go to the training section and you'll see training 101 there and you can work um, have a look at those first couple of lessons there excellent yeah so it's it's really ideal yeah for someone who's um, either just just starting out and hasn't played much, or you've played a bit but want to learn how to train and um, improve your game. But also, I guess if you want to start teaching people how to play, um, so some people are saying they're going to use it to teach their kids. Um, but yeah, if you're taking a beginner session at a club or want to start teaching people, then it would be ideal as well. So yeah, so check it out. I think uh, I think you'll like it. Uh, training 101. All right, time for the next question, Alois. And this one is from Felix, and he says, Hi, ping skills. Sometimes my opponent serves fast and long towards me, and I always hit the ball into the net. What can I do to deal with this type of serve? Yeah, Felix. Um, so that fast one to the middle uh, can be difficult. You know, it sounds like, oh, it's serving it straight to you. But if they get into that awkward crossover point at your right hip, um, it can be awkward. So a couple of things firstly. So the first one is that you need to make sure you're watching the ball really well, um, well, all the time. But if they're serving that fast ball, um, you need that information as quickly as you can. So make sure as soon as they've got that ball in the palm of their hand that you're locking onto it and tracking it well. The second thing is, to get a really wide base with your legs. By having a wide base with your legs, it allows you to sway out of the way of that middle ball um, and still be balanced and still make an effective stroke. If you're standing tall um, and they serve it into the middle there, it will force you to cross your legs over and move your whole body out of the way, and that's just too slow, inefficient, and then even when you get to that ball, you can't play an effective stroke. So by having wide feet, um, staying nice and low, you'll be able to uh, play an effective stroke from that middle position. So uh, so that's there. a couple of tips there, Felix. Yeah, that, that's good advice. Um, 
We, I think we mentioned this in the basic stance video, and, and Alice, because we've just filmed that Training 101, I know in, in one of the sessions there, we, we play a game where you're not allowed to move your feet, and and that game kind of teaches you that, that you know if you have your feet really close together, you can't reach the wide balls because you'll lose balance and fall over, whereas if you get wider, you can, you can actually reach much further. Um, that, that was a really good game, I thought. I'm glad you liked the game, Jeff. And did I did I beat you? <laughs> of course you must, didn't. What a must, silly question. Must have. <laughs> oh dear. All right, great question, Felix. Uh, hopefully those tips help you out. Uh, next up is a question from Owen. He says, "How do you recommend practicing the pendulum serve, and what spin is generally the most effective for it?" Yeah. So. Um... So the pendulum serves, are, I think, a really easy one or relatively easy one to start with if you're trying to learn how to uh, serve with spin. Um, and probably the side spin serve is the most effective initially because uh, it, once you get into position, that's, the, um, that's, I suppose, the most natural swing through uh, to serve it with side spin. So how, how do you practice that serve? To start with, I think, just get yourself 20 or 30 Balls. They don't need to be fantastic three-star table tennis balls. Just um, some training balls are good. Um, that'll help you with your practice. And then it's about uh, repetitive uh, practice and and focusing on uh, the basics of the of the pendulum serve, which you'll find in our um, serving secrets uh, section. Yeah, uh, it's it's a really I really like that video on the pendulum serve, Alice. We got a lot of great tips in there, and and. Um, we show some, we show some one? drills to practice um, those serves with cones and trying to get the ball to spin around cones. So you, you practice the various types of spin. And then, like you said, also in that course, we've got that, you know, how to practice, talking about getting those balls like you mentioned. Yes, exactly. Um, and, and I think, you know, the, the one other thing that's really important is you can always start by serving off the table, away from the table. So just serving the ball so it lands on the floor, that will allow you just to get the swing right without trying to worry too much about um, where the ball's going. So swing through, um, watch the flight of the ball, watch the curve of the ball when it hits the floor and see what whether you're starting to generate some spin, getting good contact um, as well. So, so that's a really good way to start off. It is amazing, isn't it? Because people... I don't think people take us seriously when we say move away from the table. They're kind of like, that sounds silly. But the the, the difference is remarkable. When you see someone at, at the table, they're kind of restricted and worried about serving it off so the bat doesn't move through, their wrist doesn't come through very fast, and so they don't get much spin. But when you take them away and there's none of those restrictions, it just seems much more natural for them to get the spin and at least they get the feel of it and then they can bring it back to the table. So it really is a good exercise. Yeah, and again, you know, thinking about our progression work, you can start away from the table, move up to the table, have a go, still feels yuck, uh, move back away from the table, swing a few more, get the feel of it, and then come back closer to the table again and and, um, see if you can implement that. Yeah, excellent. All right, Um, Owen, uh, yeah, have a look at those tips. And, yeah, anyone out there wanting to improve, just think about the premium membership. And, uh, yeah, we've got some great videos in our in our serving and receiving section um, to help you along with that all right next up is a question from lee who wants to know about uh practicing on a small table alice 
Um, Lee says, I'd love to know, will there be any problems if we play on a table that's only two to three feet long? Um, they're short of space, but they like um, to play table tennis. What do you think, Alois? Yes, it's actually Illy. So, yeah, it's difficult to read that. Oh, sorry. But, um, sorry, yes. Lee. Illy. Illy. Illy, Illy and Janosh, um, a husband and wife couple who have just started out in table tennis. And they've got this little um, uh, little table in their lounge room because they haven't got space for a big table. Um, so, Illy, I think uh, I think to start off with, it's it's fine to uh, to work on that smaller table to be able to control the ball well, um, just to get the touch and feel of um, of how to play. Um, I think then it's important to then move up to the the normal normal size table or the bigger table, uh, just so when you start to play your strokes, you know your, your forehand, backhand, topspin, and those sort of things, then you can um, develop. Uh, the correct technique and and just get the depth of of what you actually need when you're going to start to play um, a game. But certainly, you know, if you if you don't have a, a full size table to practice with, then playing on that small table is just great because it really does develop your control of the ball and the touch and the feel. Um, you can't play on a small table uh, if you've got you know a tight hand and and um, and you um, and you. Uh, too tight with all all your muscles so um yeah good good way to start illy excellent yeah so it sounds like great for developing control but when you want to start learning those you know bigger shots and stuff then then a bigger table would help yeah that's right and and you know eventually i mean if you are thinking about playing competitively then you need to practice on um the normal size table eventually yeah, makes makes a lot of sense. Excellent. Great question, um, Illy. And good luck, uh, yeah, with, with your play. Um, hopefully you can uh, move up to a, a bigger table or, or, or even better, find a club near you which you can go and join. Uh, joining a club, great experience. All right, Alois, uh, that wraps up show 303. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, make sure you check out pingskills.com. And thank you, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey, and uh, thanks, listeners, and we will sh- see you again shortly. Bye.